time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all time great and two time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of SBL Shootaround. And boy, do we have a big show for you now this week. We're one week away from finals in the West Coast Classic. We've still really got seven teams. If things all fall their way, they could still make the finals with one week to go. And there's some fascinating fixtures to look at in the final round of the competition. And things are really tightening up in our in our Player of the Year award, thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty. And on tonight's show... We will announce what our prize is for that for that award, and it's something that I think whoever wins it will be feeling very good about themselves. I'm very jealous that we couldn't pocket it ourselves, Randy, but it'll go to our Player of the Year Award winner, and of course we will announce another Player of the Week Award winner thanks to Wandering Distillery as well on this week's show. And we've got a very special guest, one of the all-time greats of, of the SBL and somebody who you were lucky enough to coach for for five years, Randy, so we'll get to her as well. And a brand new sponsor to welcome on board who just happens to be associated with another superstar of the SBL as well. So that sounds like a pretty jam-packed show to me. I'm Chris Pike, Randy Meagle. That's a lot to lot for us to get through. Yeah, really exciting news with the new sponsor coming on board and you know, also the uh, announcement of the Player of the Year, which is a real special award. And you know, the basketball that we've seen over the weekend was pretty exciting with a few teams making a statement and you know another another couple of teams shooting themselves in the foot yeah so to speak absolutely things are really getting exciting in the west coast classic run for the finals one week to go we saw the lakeside lightning lose both their games on the weekend they had a, a massive weekend as we talked about last week against the wolves and the senators they lost both those games so now they need a bit of luck if they're going to make the finals we saw the first redbacks didn't get to play on the weekend so that they need a bit of luck as well and that's as it turns out the Lakeside Lighting and the Perth Redbacks play each other this weekend. So whoever wins that, we'll be desperately hoping that the Coburn Cougars can cause an upset against the Perry Lakes Hawks. And if that happens, then one of those two teams could still be a chance. So that Saturday night of, of fixtures, there's going to be a lot of people watching the, the live chat pretty closely to see, to see what the results are there. I mean, yeah. mean. So I think that's probably what we want. And you have a look at the rate race for top three. And we've got the Wolves, the Senators and the Fines who can all make it and we've got the Senators and the Fines playing each other. Yeah, yeah I think it's yeah, really important to try and get that top two spot in that home final. So that'll mean a lot, that game between the Senators and the Flames. And the Flames slip up there too and the Hawks win or could possibly change there with third and fourth. Absolutely could. So pretty exciting, isn't it? Like we've seen eight really good competitive weeks of action, but all of a sudden to have seven teams that can still make it, to have the top two spots up, after grabs as well, couldn't ask for any more. Really looking forward to this final weekend because we know that those top two spots to get a home semi-final on the Friday night will have a big say in probably who gets to the grand final. Yep, no, great concept this West Coast Classic and great way to finish it. And just to, just for some clarity on the finals weekend as well, so both semi-finals will be on the Friday night. So if it was to stay as it was right now, that would be one would be at HBF Arena, one would be at Warwick Stadium, but that could still change obviously depending on what happens this weekend, but they'll both be played on the Friday night. Then the women's grand final in the West Coast Classic will be on the Saturday night. 
7 p.m. tip-off at Bendat Basketball Centre. So very short turnaround, but mm. a, a massive Friday night with a grand final spot on the line. I, I, I like the short turnarounds, and I, I like the fact that you then get to back up the next night and play for a championship. Yep, no, it's going to be really exciting. Our special guest for this week, Randy, is somebody that you know very well. You went to battle with her for five years. You got to two grand finals together. Casey Milo, she's an absolute legend of of Western Australian basketball and it's going to be a pleasure to, for us to speak to her tonight. Yeah, I can't wait to have a chat to her. I sort of spoke to her over the weekend and um, just mentioned that we're you know, you're right to go and, um, yeah, she's she's a fantastic story and, yeah, we'll throw some questions at her and, uh, yeah, she'll entertain us and she'll tell us sort of how she's felt over the 22 years of her playing career. What was it like when you first got appointed coach of the Magic and you knew that Casey Milo was going to be at the centerpiece of everything you had to do as a coach with that with that team was it a little bit daunting the first meeting you had with her or how did it go from the outset when you took over as coach yeah it was a little bit intimidating in a way mm-hmm. i suppose walking in there and um having to take over but she didn't want to be treated any different you know mm-hmm. we had other senior girls around at that time in Gemma Thomas and Shelley Boston and, and those sort of girls so yeah no after I'd sort of settled in and was comfortable with you know talking her to, with her which is really easy and you know um, we just went from there. Then mm. after five years of being in the trenches with her and you know going through all those battles alongside her including the two grand finals as a coach sometimes you try to make sure you don't get too close to your players but did you come away after your tenure as coach with a pretty close bond with her? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that was in, in one way that may have been a, a reason that I did move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of had mentioned that I was burnt out, which mm-hmm. I was. But as a coach, you form really strong bonds and relationships. And I just thought maybe they just needed to hear a different voice because, mm-hmm. you know, that relationship and bond with all the girls that I coach was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really looking forward to our chat with, with Casey later on. In the show, um, it's one you don't want to miss because you just can't do an SBL show like this without speaking to the legend that is Casey Milo. Now, Randy, I think it's time to get to our favourite part of the week where we've got our Wandering Distillery Player of the Week award to discuss. And, and boy, did we have some candidates putting up their, their hand again this week. And it's even more important now when the, res- the performances are, are directly impacting results that have finals implications as well for, for some of these players. And, and we saw some big-time big performances from the weekend and we probably saw some performances from some of our favourites that are up near the top of the leaderboard that didn't quite do enough to get some more votes as well, which might mean that our leaderboard gets a little bit tighter, tighter once again. So thanks to Watering Distillery for their support once again and we're, we're making sure that all of our winners are getting their getting their vouchers as well, Randy, and I think you might have presented a couple to some very, very happy Rockingham Flames people on the weekend. Yep, I've seen Taya and Chrissy Bogue at uh, the, the game against Mander and they were you know, really happy to get their awards. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, really, it's a really tough, you know, what we're going to do here. I mean, it's, it was, it's been hard the last two or three mm-hmm. weeks, to be honest, and it's, it's no different here tonight. So. Yeah, and we've got Mark Hartley on our backs as well. Yeah, I've seen that. He was uh, saying that uh, his two girls up the hill should have got some more votes. So, yeah, it's tough. Unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to tonight either, so he might... You might have some more reason to, to get back in touch with us as well during the week, Randy. But anyway, let's get to some of our main candidates. Friday night, there was some big games and there some big performances and none bigger than Matt Burton at Love against Mark's Calamari and Sons and Jesse Edwards. So Matt Burton ended up with 
almost a triple double, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, and most of that would have been directly opposed to Jesse Edwards from the Suns, who had a good game herself with 17 points and 4 rebounds, but I guess ultimately Nat just had some more help. So Morgan Valentine, a terrific game as point guard, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists and 3 steals. And again, the depth of the bigs at the Hawks as well was, was massive. Sarah Donovan with 19 points and 9 rebounds as well. There's a lot of big performers in that game. Rebecca Matroni also had 15 points, 4 assists and 3 steals for the Suns. Then we saw for the East Perth Eagles, a couple of couple of big performers as well here. Erin Fisher continued her terrific form, 22 points, 6 rebounds and 4 assists. And as you pointed out last week, Randy, Hannah Rose Gillies is really finding some some shooting form. She had six three-pointers on, on Friday night for the Eagles on, on her way to 19 points. But it wasn't enough against the Warwick Senators. And it was it was Nicole Geordie St. Jaw. I know you love trying to say that name, Randy, and you love me trying to say it. Um, I think I'm slowly getting my head around it. She had 27 points, seven assists, five rebounds, and four steals in a massive performance. But a little bit quieter the next night against the Lightning. She had nine points, four rebounds, four steals, two assists. Then we had Taylor Hepburn. She had a pretty good double for the Senators as well. 23.7 rebounds first up against East Perth, and then 10 points and eight rebounds against Lakeside. But the one who probably had the most consistent weekend for the Senators, someone we were really impressed with when we saw her play live down at Coburn for our broadcast game, Randy Mackenzie clinch Hoycard. She had 15 points, 9 assists on Friday night, and I really like the 9 assists for someone who plays as a big. That's a really, really good sign. And then she backed up, 25 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 block shots. So she had a big weekend. And speaking of big weekends, and speaking of efficient weekends, I think across the two games, she probably barely played more than more than 30 minutes. But Kayla Steindl for the Joondalup Wolves, first up on Friday against Lakeside, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. And then the next night down at Eden against the Slammers in 12 minutes, Randy, 22 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 steals. Ash Eisenbarger had two good games, even though they were losses for the Lightning. First up, 17 points and 12 rebounds against the Wolves, and then 29 points, 12 rebounds against the Senators. Rockingham Flames had a big win over Mandurah, and our two previous Wandering Distillery Play of the Week award winners were at the centre of it. Christina Bogue, 17 points, 5 rebounds and 4 assists, and Taya Burrow, 16 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. Good to see her back as well from, from the head knock that kept her out the previous weekend. And lastly, for the Coburn Cougars, Tia Morgan, she had a massive game, 25 points and five steals. There was a lot of a lot of people putting their hand up there, Randy. Um, <clears throat> did I miss anybody before we move on? I think you've got it pretty well covered there. Yeah, there was some outstanding performances, you know, and by some younger girls as well yeah. that we haven't seen on the list before, which is which is really good. You know, shout out to Morgan Ballantyne, who mm-hmm. I coached for a, a period of time there. She'd done that at 100% too mm. on the floor. So that's, good, yeah. you know, that's really efficient as well. Tia Morgan, we, yeah. you know, I've mentioned her on this show before. We saw her knock down some threes in that game. Yeah. We saw for Coburn. Yeah, really good. So, yeah, good effort by all the ladies this weekend. And uh, apparently the wandering distillery was full of people over the weekend wow. with the sunshine. Yeah, um, I could imagine. So um, the weather finds up, it's a great thing to do on, yeah, a, on a weekend. Yep, and, uh, you know, we're a shout-out to those guys and, yeah, let's get down there now. It's starting to warm mm. up. Maybe Chris and you and I can head down we there. Absolutely and, absolutely should. Absolutely. Um, once this program's over and celebrate our uh, – our podcast season. <laughs> we, we absolutely should. That is a fantastic idea, Randy. Now, let's try and narrow it down. 
our first go-around, we might end up having more than three, I think, to narrow it down to. So Nat Burden can't be ignored. Morgan Ballantyne can't be ignored. I would have thought if we're picking one of the three girls there from the Senators, I think Mackenzie Clinch-Hoykart is the, is the standout. Kayla Steindl we can't ignore. And Ash Eisenbarger I can't leave out either. So I've narrowed it down to five, unless you'd like to put anyone else in the mix. Uh, I agree with Burton. Uh, I agree with Ballantyne. I agree with Clinch Hoycard, Steindl, Eisenberger, and I'm going to put Morgan in there as Tia Morgan Tia from Coburn. Yeah, yes. It was, yeah, it's a, it was a big game, 25 points. That was one of the most points actually scored by any individual on the weekend, mm. except for, for, for Nicole Geordie's on, on Friday night. So Okay, so we're down to six. <clears throat> okay, so we've got up to six. God. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've got a couple from the same team. So maybe we have to choose one of Nat Burton and Morgan Ballantyne. Who would you pick out of those two? Probably just the matchup that um, Burton had with Edwards. It's obviously yep. a match to side. I looked at uh, Jessie's stats, and um, you know she's kept it a little bit quiet on the boards. Where yeah, she's only been four rebounds for Edwards. Yeah, yeah, she's been dominant. Um, so slightly over Morgan. I mean, Morgan's had a great game there. She's you know probably held um, Jill or been on Jill Williams as well. So yep. um, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and Jill Williams didn't even make this make this list. Mm. That's where it gets really tough, isn't it? Where we're narrowing it down to three players when across a weekend a lot of players are deserving of recognition. So it's certainly no disrespect if you don't get a vote. It's just no. It's just really tough to narrow it down. I think anybody in our situation would find this a challenge. Okay, so Nat Bowden puts her hand well and truly up. Who did who did who did their win come up up against Randy? Tia Morgan had her big game. Uh, they played Mandra. It's the Mandra Magic who are struggling right now. So maybe we have to take that into calculation. Mackenzie Clinch Hoycard's two games. First up. First up, she had 15 points and 9 assists against the Eagles, which maybe that's not there on a part of the Magic, so you put that on a part. But then she had her massive game, 25.7 rebounds, 3 assists and 2 blocks against the Lightning, who are a finals contender. So maybe that makes her pretty tough to ignore. Then we should have Simon and Eisenhower, so I think Simon deserves at least to be one of the Bowdens. Just because of the fact that she had two huge games and she did it so efficiently. I was going to say, 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 I was going to and then we've got a debate, Kayla Steinl and Ash Eisenberger. Yep. So Do the wins count? So Steinl won both their games, yeah. Eisenberger lost both their games. Eisenberger's numbers are a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> she probably played I think I think that's why uh, Mackenzie got maybe got in front of those two because she had two wins. Yep. So that's yep. it. That's important. You play to win. Yep. But that game that Kayla Steinel's had down at the Slammers mm-hmm. is in twelve minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? So I I think. Yeah, she's she's just going to get over Ash. Ash, unfortunately, just didn't get a W. But I mean, there's nothing else that she could do. But we've been in the situation before where we've gone for girls that have won yep. and girls that have lost. So it's it's, it's really tough, and we need to stick stick tough on do. that rule. So the hard part about this is that a vote here for Ash Eisenberger could have gone a long way to securing her the Player of the Year award, and her and her and Jack, as we'll reveal shortly, would have won a very nice prize if she still wins it. But I agree with you. So we're going to stick with Nat Burton. Mackenzie, Clinch Hoycard, and Kayla Seindl as our top three. Yep. Now it's the order. Yep. But, but that's our top three. Yeah, it's tough because, uh, you know, Clinch Hoycard and Steindl have had two games and that's only had the, the one game. Yep. But the one game is a really important game, which kept them in basically in their season. Like we said, it was a knockout. Yeah, knockout. It was. 
game. You know, clinch hoy cards games were important too, particularly the one against Lakeside. Is she old enough to drink, Randy? She is, yeah. Okay. I think Mackenzie's 22. Okay. So she's okay. And Kayla Steindall, she can't do any more than that. You know, they've beaten, yeah, beaten the Lakeside Lightning and she's been up front in that game and, yep. you know, no, stood she was, out. She was fantastic on yeah. that game. She had the better of Elise Einmugger well, well and truly. Now, we, we actually had a nomination from the outside for this week as well, Randy, for our Player of the of the Week award. So people are listening. Tim Rendelik from, who's now assistant coach at the Wolves. Yes, I know Tim. Was assistant coach at the Redbacks, so he's a little bit biased, obviously, but <laughs> but he has sent us a sent us a tweet. Surely Kayla Steindl gets the nod for SBL shoot-around Player of the Week this week. He mentions her stats there versus Lakeside and Eisenbarger on Friday night and then also what she did on Saturday night in a mere 12 minutes in a blowout southwest win. He's pointing out her stats as well. He's making a very good case. 60 shot, 68% field goal, 100% three-point percentage, and 100% at the foul line in a two-game weekend. He's making a pretty strong case there. So we might make an enemy if we don't go with what he suggested, Randy, but I think even he would agree that Nat Burden and Clint Troikart have got strong cases to make too. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you you're go, the expert, Randy. You, you go first. You're the expert. No. Well, which way are you going to go? And I'll I, I've settled on mine. I'm actually leaning towards Nat Burton. Is that different to you? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to go this way. I was going to go Steindl three, Clinch card two, and Nat Burton one. Well, I can't argue because you're the expert. As we've talked about before, you're the one who's the two-time coach of the year and the captain of the Goldfield Giants 20-year anniversary team. I I've achieved nothing in basketball, so that's where... <laughs> but you're leading me in the tips. <laughs> I'm leading in the tips, but that's pure luck. So let's that's, go with with what you say, Randy, because you're here because you're the expert. So that means Kayla Steindl is the Wandering Vasily Player of the Week. Yep. Congratulations, Kayla, and we'll get your uh, voucher up to, to you at some stage in the next couple of weeks. Was it Clint Hoygaard with two votes? Yeah, Mackenzie, two votes, and you know, great to see her in in this sort of form. Mm. I've um, seen Mackenzie over the years as a WA country product, and mm-hmm. you know, she's uh, playing herself back into form. She had a, a little bit of a drama with her ankle mm. going back a little bit, but she seems to be you know really finding her feet. And uh, yeah, Nat Burton with one vote, which moves her up the leaderboard a little bit actually, and gives her the opportunity to, to take the win. award out. Yeah, this makes things very interesting moving into the final week of the season on our leaderboard of the Bassett Scarf Realty Player of the Year Award. So that's the first votes for both Kayla Steindl and for Mackenzie Clinch-Hoycard. But the leader is only on six votes still, so if Steindl can back up with back-to-back three-vote performances, which we know can still happen because mm. we saw Stacey Bard do it, notch two three-vote three winning performances. So it keeps Kayla Steindl in the mix, but what it means is things are a little bit tighter at the top. So we've got Stacey Barr on six votes, Ash Eisenberger on six votes, Taya Burrows on five, Maddie Allen on four, Jess Jenkins on four, and then we've got Christina Bogue, Bree Fisher on three, and Nat Burden jumps up jumps to, up to four. four. So, mm. so she can still win this thing outright now with a three-vote performance in the final game of the season where I think they play the Coburn Cougars, so she'll be looking forward to a big performance there. That's it. That's, it leaves things pretty exciting. We've got a whole bunch of players that can still win this award, Randy, and... Yeah, and we've just decided off air that uh, if we do have a tie, that we're going to send it out to the public. Absolutely, we will. So there'll be no favouritism. Whoever finishes on the same amount of votes, it'll be our listeners. 
that decide the, the winner, and mm. I'm sure Tim, Tim Randall will be quick to vote whatever way he thinks as well. Thanks to him for listening, and hopefully his head coach up there, Charles Nix, is tuning in as well, and well done for what they're doing with their, with their team right now, because... As far as I see it, they deserve to be the championship favourites. Yeah, they're flying up there at the moment. But now, as it's going to really play over the year, as we talked about, it's been amazing support that we've had from, from Bass Scarf and Master Scarf and the whole team down in Andrew for this season. They were our very first supporters of SBL Tutoring and they have been wonderful backers of us here. And they have an incredible prize that they are going to give to the winner of our Player of the Year award. And this is something I'm very jealous of, Randy, and, and it's an incredible prize and something that the winner of our award is going to be very lucky to get. So it is a Mandra getaway package. Thanks to both Bassett Scarf Realty and the Mandra Visitor Centre for making it possible. So what it includes is a one-night stay for two at the Siebel in Mandra and it looks like a very fancy hotel, Randy. It looks like a it looks very, very wonderful views out there. Absolutely, mm. um, it looks like you'll have a wonderful time there. But also, while you're there, you can have dinner for two at the Catch Twenty Two Tappers and Cocktail Lounge, and that looks like you'll have a wonderful, wonderful meal there. But it doesn't stop there. It also includes a dolphin and scenic marine cruise for two. Um, we're, we're very blessed. That's very kind of Bassett Scarf Realty to be able to produce such a such an award, Randy. And I'm actually really excited to be able to give it away, give it away to one of our our players in the West Coast Classic. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to eat at Catch Twenty Two, yep. and yeah, it's lovely food there. And I've been lucky enough to go on the Dolphin Cruise as well. Yep. So it all comes in one night, and yep. so yeah, it's an amazing amazing night, and uh, look forward to seeing who wins it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one very lucky person and whoever they get to take with them will be sure to enjoy it as well. With one round to go, Randy, the leaderboard's so tight. If you had to pick one player that would win, who would you be backing right now? Um, probably have to have a look at the matchups of yeah, the, of the games. The Absolutely. Yeah. There's some fascinating matchups. Lakeside and the Redbacks. We've got three players in that game alone that can all win it. We've got Eisenberg and Matty Allen and Jeff Jenkins who are all in the mix. Yep. Then we've still got then the Warwick Senders play the Rockingham Flames, and in that game we've got Stacey Barr, Taya Burrows, and Christina Boger are all still in the in the race. Junelup Wolves play the Wilderness Tigers, so it's a chance for Kayla Steindl to have another another big game. There's just no one in that last game that can make it, unfortunately, with Not- Jesse Edwards and Joel Williams just a little bit too far back. Yeah, they are. So it it yeah it's obviously oh I don't know <laughs> it's tough <laughs> it is it's 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 really really tough I mean Stacey Bar's likely to come out and do something ridiculous again and uh, just just win it you know then you have got that Ash Eisenberger match up with those two girls from the Redbacks and uh, you know Nat Burton might have a huge game against the Coburn Cougars so if I was going to stick my head out I'd probably at this stage stay stay Stacey Bar. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's hard to go against her. And it's probably, especially after a slightly quieter weekend, she mm. might have a point to prove next week. And all these girls know what the prize is now. So well, now, now that they know the prize, now there's extra <laughs> motivation. I think that's that's a better prize than actually making the finals for some, <laughs> for some, of, these, for some of these players. It, it's something I'm, something I'm a little bit blown away by, just how generous and how kind... Adam Bassescarf and his team at Bassescarf Realty have been to provide such a prize. So, and the, va- the value of that a prize would be probably be around five hundred dollars. It, it ab- oh, absolutely would be. So you, you, you take each of those things singly. The the night itself at the hotel and 
the dinner at the at the at the restaurant and also the the dolphin mm. cruise. That it's not a, yeah nothing to be sneezed at. So yeah, it's a it's a great pleasure for us here at Asgard Shoot Around to be able to give that away to somebody. And by this time next week, we'll be able to announce either who the players are that are tied or our outright winner. So. Once again, thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty for making that possible. And also, congratulations to Kayla Steindl for winning our Wandering Distillery Play of the Week Award for this week as well because she'll be getting a very special prize for that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Congratulations, Kayla. She's been consistent, you know, all, yes. all season. I think the reason that she sort of hasn't had the huge numbers is uh, the Wolves, uh, you know. She doesn't need to. No, she yeah. doesn't need to. And, uh, you know, she wouldn't add too many 30 35-minute games, and that would be pretty scary if she did, I think. Well, absolutely. But (laughs) right now she's fresh. So she's fresh coming to the finals, and and she's another one who we've talked about, Ash Eisenberg, we've talked about Stacey Barr. I'm very surprised she hasn't been snapped up by the WNBL club yet. Yeah, I don't know what uh, is going on there, what uh, Kayla's got in mind, whether she Mm. wants to continue at that level or not. Yeah, yeah. now that she's a mother, maybe it's changed things a little bit, and obviously Clint is settled in Perth with the Wildcats, so maybe that means... The links are the only option, but mm. they still could be an option, and she could add to that front court with, with Darcy Garvin and Maddie Allen and Jesse Edwards, and that four pronged front court would be would be pretty pretty appetising. Yeah, well, she's been there and done it before, and yeah. she's done it well. Absolutely has. So that's the first segment done here on SBI Shoot Around. Later on, we'll be speaking to Casey Milo. When we come back now, Randy, we'll have a look in more detail at some of the results from Round Eight in the West Coast Classic. Welcome back to SBL Shoot Around, and it's now time, Randy, to, to take a look in a bit more detail at the, the results that we saw in round eight of the West Coast Classic, and it all got underway Friday night. I was I was there there at this game and and helping out Josh Gallup on the commentary for for the coverage on on the West Australian. So thanks to Josh for for having me on board for for the evening up at HBF Arena and. And the Joondalup Wolves just look fantastic. They're just so deep, got so many weapons. No one has to play, you know, play enough minutes to grind themselves into the ground because they just go so deep. And, and they were really impressive against another genuine contender in the Lakeside Lightning. They got off to a to a flying start and then they dominated the second half after Lakeside had a bit of a bit of a fight back in the in the second quarter. So very impressive win for the Joondalup Wolves. All but secures them as a, a top two position and a and a home final for the semi-finals, and they got the win over the Lightning, 75-48. to 48. Yeah, that just reminded everyone of how good they are, you know, and, uh, you know, and it was against a genuine contender. Once again, they got contribution, you know, contributions from every player that hit the floor. You know, Kayla Steindl with 15, and Amber Land with 13, done the damage, and Eisenbarger and 17, and Mansfield 11 were, were good for the Lightning. As you keep pointing out, though, the Lightning just aren't shooting the ball well right now. They went, again from three-point land, four of 29, and they had the 22 turnovers. That's not going to be a formula that wins too many games. No, it's, it's the way they play, and sometimes if their their um, percentages are down, you know, it can uh, go against them, I guess. Another important game. We thought this game was pretty much a knockout affair at Bendat Basketball Centre, and the Prairie Lakes Hawks were, were far too strong for the Calamander Eastern Suns. 
they got the win 92 to 65. Yep, yeah, the knockout match and uh, sort of two completely different styles here. You know, you've got a, uh, a lot of post play by the Hawks mm-hmm. um, and then you've sort of got a four out, one in offense yep. by the by the Suns, a run and, run and gun tempo. So, you know, the Hawks dominated the rebounds here 52 to 24. Okay. So they really must have focused on keeping Edwards quiet, which they did. She only had four rebounds. So, you know, and this game was over reasonably early with the Hawks being up, you know, 17 points at at half time. So big games by Burton and Donovan and we mentioned Morgan Ballantyne at a hundred percent, so which was great to see. And uh William seventeen, Edward seventeen and Matroni was good again with fifteen. Yep. Then uh Herb Graham Recreation Centre, important win for the Senators. This went didn't quite secure a top two spot, but it did at least keep them in second spot for now. They were too good for the East Perth Eagles, winning 99-79. to 79. Yeah, we spoke about upsets and what could happen if you're not ready to play, you know, and Eagles have sprung upsets, uh, sprung upsets before. But, uh, yeah, Sterling just took care of business and went there and done what they needed to do. But it was another solid effort by the Eagles, I thought. Yeah, it was. Great game by Geordie. She had 27 points <laughs> and seven uh, assists. I could try to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Then I have to go back and edit it, Randy. Yeah. Um, and Erin Fisher, once again, she's been just ultra consistent here. You know, she had 22 points. Hannah Rose Gillies, you know, she backed up from the week before and that's that's what you want to see. You want to yep. see him, the girls do it consistently. And, yeah, the West Coast Classic is showcasing some of our young talent here. And Stacey Barr, a little bit overawed after joining us on SBR Shootaround, just the 10 points and... One of ten from three-point land. Yeah, very un- unlike Stacey, but uh, she bounced back and had a good game, you know, the, the next night. She did. Last, Lastly on Friday night, Randy, you were at this game and pretty ugly on the scoreboard. The Rockingham Flames 77 beat the Mandarin Magic 39. Yeah, the Flames are up the floor putting, you know, enormous pressure on the Magic Guards, which, um, you know, right from the word go, it forced them into turnovers and sort of broke the game open in the first quarter. 24 to 8, you know, Mandra's turnovers, they had 35. Mm -hmm. They shot the ball poorly at 25% and uh, just a lack of shots again at at 55. So Rockingham were were all over them and, uh, you know, all the players for Rockingham played well. You know, they all hit the scoreboard, Bogue 17 and Burroughs 16. You know, and the, the Magic are just struggling for any consistency after being good the week before against Lightning. Yeah. That 35 turnover number is massive. But almost like they were trying to outdo them, the Slammers got more turnovers on Saturday night at home to the June Light Wolves. This was a an even uglier scoreline. The Wolves are just far too powerful right now. 106 to the Slammers, 26. Yeah, we didn't want want it to happen, but it mm. happened with the Wolves handing out an 80-point yep. deficit. So I don't want to talk about this game too much. You know, the Wolves had to go up there and do what they've done. And, you know, they've got to keep the keep things rolling. You know, they want to don't stop just by, you know, whoever they play. They um, they went up there and made a statement, you know. The minutes were shared throughout the squad, mm-hmm. you know, and those girls that are deep in the bench done really good jobs yep. as well, which Nixie would have been, you know, proud of um, for the – Slammers, they just got to, you know, hope they got something out of it, whatever it might have been. If one of the young girls, they just learn from seeing players at a higher level. Yeah, you just learn by seeing them up close. That might be as simple as as what you can learn from that. That's what I mean. They might have got a, you know, one of them might have got the basket on it, in yeah. one or something like that. So just need to take the the positives yeah. if you can out of it. And as it turns out, their last game of the West Coast Classic as well. So not the greatest scoreline to end on, but hopefully, like you said, they took something out of it. Now, this was a big game as well. Both teams fighting for a final spot, but the Warwick Senators are too good once again. 
over the Lakeside Lightning at Lakeside Recreation Centre, 83 to 70. Yeah, it was a huge game for, like you say, a number of reasons, mainly the the movement inside the four and Lightning trying to squeeze their way in there. Um, I tipped the Lightning and uh, was reminded by my old teammate, Dion D'Agostino, not long after the game had oh, finished. So okay. um, my apologies to you, Dion. I said, he sent I'd... you a message, did he? He did. Wow. He did, yeah. So, Thanks um... for listening anyway, Dion. <laughs> but it's just the, their last quarter. You know, we're going to start calling them the cardiac kids or the comeback <laughs> queens or something. You yeah. know, they were down by six once again yep. and then they've just flooded over the top of the lightning for another come-behind win. Yeah, they've done it a lot. We saw them do it against Coburn. Last week they did it again against Willerton. They just, yeah... They just never defeated, which is a great trait to have. Yeah, well, Stacey mentioned in the interview when we asked her about the last quarter that it was an intensity thing and, you know, their defence needed needed to lift. And when it does lift, it sort of sparks things for them in offence. It was actually a great interview with Stacey Barr. So for anyone who didn't hear it last week, go back and listen to last week's show because it was a fantastic insight into into one of our great, great players and her mindset and into how she's feeling about where her career sits right now as well. Last game didn't have any impact on the top four, and, but the Coburn Cougars are, are really starting to build some momentum towards the end of the season. They're finishing it, finishing off pretty well. They beat the New Magic at home, eighty-three to forty-nine. Yeah, good result here for the Cougars getting this win. You know, they've been pretty consistent for the most and, uh, you know, got some reward for their effort. Cougars shot the ball at a really good clip, particularly in the first half, in which seen them establish a match winning break of 18 points at half time. And, you know, with that win as well, I'm moving above the, the magic on the ladder, which is a, a, a small win for them. I spoke about the talent of Tia Morgan, you know, really impressed with her. She's a really well-balanced player with a bright future. She led them with 25 points and double-figure games from D'Souza, Morgan and Muir. Um, For the Magic, there's a real positive come out of this game with young 15-year-old Sydney Mears coming off the bench. Yeah, for an impressive 16 points, and that's what we want to see in the West Coast Classic once again. So well done to Sydney and well done to, to the Magic. Okay, what that means is that we've got a... Hell of a race now for the top four spots with one round to go. I'll run through the teams out of contention first of all, Randy, and see if anything, if there's anything you want to mention about any of those teams. The Wilson Tigers are now are now three and three and six. They've still got two games to go this weekend. Coburn Cougars are three and six with two games to go as well. Then you've got the Mandarin Magic two and eight. East Perth Eagles and the Southwest Slammers are both finished now. The Eagles are one and ten. The Slammers are zero and eleven. Anything you want to mention about any of those teams? Uh, I wouldn't mind maybe making mention of each club when, on our last show yeah, and just going through a little bit what they can look forward to next season and, you know, how they've gone in the West Coast Classic. So yeah. I might leave that to yeah, another, great, another great, day. Great idea. We'll be doing a show after the finals weekend as well to wrap up the whole season. So that's when we can give a, a rundown on how each club shaped up in the West Coast Classic. But now let's have a look at the, the race for the for the top four. The Joondalup Wolves and the Warwick Senators... And the Rockingham Flames can't miss, so they're guaranteed a playing finals. It's just a matter of now who reaches the top two spots. The Wolves are currently on top at 9-1, and one, and it's determined on percentage if you end up on the same record, and they've got a massive percentage advantage over the rest. The Senators are second at 9-1. and one. The Flames are third at 8-2. and two. And as we mentioned before, the Senators and the Flames play each other this Saturday night. Then we've got the Perry Lakes Hawks currently in fourth spot at 7-3. and three. All they have to do is beat the Coburn Cougars, and they lock away fourth spot. If they lose, then things really get interesting. So we've got the Perth Redbacks six and four, the Lakeside Lightning six and four, who play each other, and also the Calamandrys and Suns. They're not out of the mix as well. They're six and four, and they play the Mandurah Magic. So 
if the Hawks lose, gee, the Suns are a real chance because they could get a massive percentage boost against the Magic. So we're in for a pretty interesting last round, Randy. I can't see Cougars beating Hawks, but mm. they, um, you know, they are impressive yeah. on their home court, and their tails are up. And yeah. so last, you know, last game for them, so they're going to give it a real good shake inside the top four. The Senators and the Rockingham Flames will be going at it. I mean, to get that home court advantage, the following week's mm. important. So I, I can't see the I can't see the four changing. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. what what is the percentage there um, between? Redbacks, Lightning and Suns if, if there is a boil over. Yeah, it's very close. The Redbacks have got the edge right now. They're up at 118%. The Lightning are 109 Yeah, I mean, the, the Hawks are 114 so the Redbacks naturally will jump ahead. Um, if they win, they'll go above the Hawks. The light, Lightning might, just depending on the results. And the Suns are, are further behind at 107 but, again, they play the Magic who They could get a big boost against mm, them. Yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting. And like I said earlier in the show, there'll be uh, people watching live stats mm. all over those stadiums to, to get updates on the scores. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. So we'll run through those games and give our tips a little bit later on. Thanks to Her Hoops AU, which are our new sponsor of our preview and tips segment here on SBL Shootaround. But next up is the legend herself from the Mandurah Magic, Casey Milo. Okay, back here on SBR Shoot Around and and Randy, this is now the interview that sixteen episodes of SBR Shoot Around in the making. We just couldn't do this show without having a, having a chat to our to our next guest. You've had the pleasure of coaching her for for five years, which I know is one of the highlights of of your time in basketball and and for me to get to see so much of her career and to share some of that with her has been a massive highlight for me as well. And you just can't speak highly enough of highly enough of her. She. She she's a legend of WA basketball. There's no other way to put it. She is a an MVP winner of the league. She now sits second all time in the games played list on the for for the SBL. And you would think if she plays on next year, she'll break that that record from Susie Williams. She's played in the WNBL for the Perth Lynx and the West Coast Waves. She's been to six grand finals with the Mandurah Magic, and she's done it all while being a mother of two, working full time and and having a hell of a lot to juggle in her life. She's one of our all-time greats that we've ever had in in basketball in this state, and for her, her to join us here on SBL Shootaround is a great honour. Casey Myhovilovich, I hope I got that right. Thanks very much for joining us, and I'm sure you've had some interesting pronunciations of that name over the years. <laughs> Look, um, too many, <laughs> but that's okay with a surname like that. Uh, you just... It's actually quite funny hearing people try and pronounce it. I normally just stop them when they look at it and you can just see their eyes, uh, their eyebrows raise and I can imagine what they're only thinking inside their head. And uh, But I just have a good laugh and it never bothers me. I, I just kind of tell them, don't worry about it, just call me Casey Milo. <laughs> yeah, well, those courtside announcers uh, would always come down and have a chat to me before the game. And I'm sure when you were standing out there and getting introduced to the crowd... Casey, you thought, probably thought, oh, what are they going to come up with here tonight? Yeah, it was definitely, I mean, I never took it serious. And I, um, I do always feel sorry for the court announcers uh, with uh, people that have surnames like mine. But, you know, they give it a go and that's all you want to ask of anyone, really, in life. So, yeah, good on was them it, for trying. Was it pretty early on when you were back at school that you realised that you might just have to stick with being Milo if you wanted to have people get anywhere close to saying your surname right? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, obviously my dad coached in the SBL mm. uh, for a, a long time, so 
I only ever really heard his name as Milo and I, I kind of got that at a very early age on why he probably, uh, he almost calls himself Milo by default um, now even in a first name basis. So uh, yeah, I totally understand and uh, I think I got that yeah, from him and just stuck obviously trying to mm. make life easy for everyone. Now, before I hand you over to, to Randy, I mean, it's a great pleasure to have you on, on the show. So thank you for joining us. And it's been a pleasure for me to, to be able to speak to you the couple of times that I have during your career and to see the amount of your career that, that I have. But when you think about what you've been able to achieve, and right now it's 490 SBL games and you're second on the all-time list, obviously the leader at, at Mandurah, and you're the only player to play 400 games at, at the one club, obviously... Randy will fill us in later, but a multiple, multiple time Mandra Magic MVP winner, but also an SBL MVP winner, multiple time All-Star 5 nominations. You're named in the 25th anniversary SBL team. You've been to six grand finals. You've played in the WNBL. You've done it while being a mum and working full time, which I can only imagine how hard it has been at times. And you've done it while racking up some some pretty horrific injuries and tough injuries along the way as well. When you, you hear all of that put together, what sort of things go through your mind? Uh, just the experience I, I've had uh, along that, on, along the journey, and you know, basketball is only a small part of anyone's life. And uh, but I'm still learning uh, through the experience and the journey, and that's probably why I'm still playing. I like to contribute, and I like to make a positive difference. But I can also say that the people that I'm involved with through basketball uh, make such a positive difference to my life. So I'm really, um, really grateful for the opportunity, and I know. A lot of people uh, don't get to play for as long as what I have, but um, I suppose that kind of makes me even more grateful. And while I can, I'll keep playing, not just for myself, but for everyone else that couldn't. Yeah, Casey, um, Chris just rattled off some pretty impressive stuff that you've done. How do you feel when you you walk into the stadium there and the the main show court's named after yourself? We see it down at Coburn with Troy Clark, and that must make you pretty proud. Yeah, it does. Uh, I am immensely proud of that and I can't thank Mandra Basketball enough for giving me that opportunity and it will, uh, it's definitely something that, uh, a legacy that I so honoured to have been given and yeah, every, I, I just love playing in Mandra. I don't, uh, regardless of whether a court's named after me or not, but I just love walking into that stadium and knowing that uh, we've got all the support behind us with all the spectators and you know, seeing the kids' faces, um, being so excited to watch our games, that really does light, light myself up anyway. And um, I want to push myself more because we get, to, uh, you know, we get to play and everyone around us is um, watching and supporting us. So I am honoured, uh, but uh, it's something that I would, I'd give up if I could still keep playing basketball as well. The you know just spending that time coaching you, Casey. One thing that I really uh, loved about you as well was the fact that you were totally invested in your teammates, and you know nothing makes you makes you more proud than um, seeing them do well off the court. You know whether it be in their jobs or at uni or whatever they may become, and you're a really good sounding board for for the younger girls off the court as well. Is something that you go out of your way to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that uh, part of a role of being a leader is to make a person grow uh, in whatever way I can. And you know, We have a lot of coaches that can grow the players uh, on a basketball court, but uh, I can definitely play a role in, um, in pushing them 
to be better off the court and that means being um, better people and obviously trying to maximise their career opportunities as well. So I, I always do push you know, someone, you know, having a hard time, I'll you know, make sure that they know that we probably, I've probably been through that as well and a lot of the senior players have, but you know, we're going to be there and support them and, put, and try and push them through not to give up. I think you know, building resilience is such a key part of um, being a basketball player but trying to make sure that that transfers over to their careers as well and, and make sure that they're aware that we don't want them, we won't give up on them off the court and we us certainly got the back and I'm so proud of the achievements of the girls that are either playing now or kind of gone or what they've made their own careers as well. Yeah, Casey, just watching from away from not coaching you last year, I thought your season was fantastic and I have mentioned that to you. How do you feel when people say or suggest to you that, uh, you know, you're getting a little bit tired now and you should retire and you should give some other girls a go? Is that something that really annoys you? I know it does, but you're just in, you're, you know, you're in out. Are you trying to say that? No, I'm not saying that. That's why I just said the the season that she had last year in the state league was sensational. It was really, really good, and there's no way in the world she should retire. But she may hear that from other other sources. That's all. Have you heard that, yeah. case? Oh, all the time, Randy. I've, I've, but I feel like I've heard it for the last ten years. My, when Milo retires, when Milo retires, I just think, hold on here, I'm not dead. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I've still got many more years and. As I said before, if I'm making a positive difference and I'm contributing, well, I'm going to give it a red-hot go. And, uh, you know, I, I suppose, again, it's about resilience and learning that uh, my network of uh, supporters and, my, you know, the people that I value their opinion, I will retire when they say, all right, you're done. Um, but people that aren't, aren't in my... Uh, uh, on my team, you know, for, um, from family and friends, they're just making those comments for, I don't know why, I don't know why anyone would say that anyway, but they do. Mm. It, I mean, it's it's just not kind. And, uh, you know, I think there's um, probably, I know I, that probably most players would appreciate positive support, uh, especially when, you know, you, you hear that, uh, hear that it's a bit disappointing, but it's just a part of basketball, I suppose, and, and I've learned that, and Although I, I shake my head, I, I remember who said what. And <laughs> remember that if they, um, if I'm not going to give them, you know, give them me if um, if they said that about me. So very, you know, time is precious as well, and I make sure that I um, I spend time with the people that have got my back um, because I certainly have theirs. So yeah, it's just something that I've learnt with and. Every year I roll my eyes and go, here we go, we're going to hear this again. And, but, you know, I've outstayed everyone pretty much that has that's quit in the last 10 years and I'm, I'm still the one left playing, obviously, with Bree and Rach and still there and, and probably along the way. But, yeah, I'm definitely not a big believer in, in giving someone an opportunity if they don't deserve it. And I still, uh, especially from last year, I still deserve the opportunity and Absolutely. Um, didn't, appreci- didn't appreciate it, but that's... You know that's life, and and I'll uh, I've got big broad shoulders, and I can um, and I'll move on. And yeah, you know, as I said, I've still got the opportunity to make a positive difference, and while I can, I will. I'm not sure who Randy hangs out with. I don't hear too many people complaining about about you playing <laughs> on. The, the only thing I hear is everyone just marvelling at how. No matter no matter how, no matter how many games you rack up or how many years you rack up. 
your performance level just doesn't drop off at all. Is that something you're really proud of? That no matter no matter what, you're still one of the best players out on the court. Is that a, a good feeling that you just haven't seen any sort of drop off in in your performance at all? Oh, Chris, I have definitely seen a drop off. I keep saying to um, <laughs> you know my friends, it's not obvious or, from the outside. Yeah, or like you know, workmates or something that come and watch. You know, I keep reminding them. Like, Look, I was a lot better ten years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that when you get older, uh, people remember your your last years um, rather than uh, when I was in my prime. But look, I I work hard, and I think that a true testament of how you perform on the court is you know how much time you're doing uh, and work outside. And over the last twenty years, I've always prided myself in doing the extra work. And so that's my performance on the court is uh, a true reflection of the work that I, I do. And, um, you know, I definitely know I could do more, but I also believe in a balance. And I, I know that my career is just uh, more important or just as important as my family. So, you know, obviously uh, for the SBL level, uh, the work that I do is appropriate for uh, the reward I, I've been given as well. I've anyway, so. Yeah, absolutely. What it sounds like to me is that you're not ready to retire yet. Should we expect to see you playing again, whether it's an SBL1 competition or an NBL1 West competition in 2021? Should we expect to see you out there? I'm definitely aiming to um, to go around again. I, I clearly haven't um, put in the work this year. I, uh, I've had a few, tried to rest my body, and so the plan is that I need to be as healthy as I can um, going into you know, end of Jan, but I'm definitely aiming to do that. That's, that's great news. I'm sure you're not somebody that would even consider the fact that you might break the game's record by playing on next year, but is that an added bonus? Because I'm, I'm sure the only reason you want to play is to help your Mandra Magic Girls win games of basketball, but the fact that you might end up the game's record holder, is that just a, an added bonus for you? Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Like any, you know, uh, you don't ever play to um, be a games record holder mm. if I can make a positive difference and I can contribute still I still want to be a part of it and I think the girls are making a, a positive difference for myself uh, and it works for my family then uh, I will keep playing I, I don't know roughly how many games I have to play for or how many seats you know like I, mm. I haven't even considered that I, I still really love playing basketball and I, and I just love playing for Mandra so I'll keep doing it till I, till I can and my dad is always always tells me you're forever retired so if I'm still enjoying it uh, go and play so I, I have the support of my family as well and um, I'll keep doing that regardless of how many games I play, uh, play. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, I know it's not the number of games that drive you crazy, it's the competition and the challenges of those younger girls trying to get over the top here and you know, there's not too many that have taken the crown off yet. Well, uh, just going to mention a couple of girls that you've played with and uh, which sort of revolves around, well, what's your sort of favourite position as far as on the court? Is it, is it the point guard? Is it the shooting guard? You know, you've played with girls like Sammy Richards and... Nikki Gilday and Anita Brown and those sort of girls. Do you prefer to have the ball in your hands or do you like just to have a good mix of both? I don't actually care where I play so long as I play a role and I know what my role is. I love to pass the ball and I love, I mean, the main aim of basketball is to score, outscore your opponent. So wherever I need to be, the ball needs to be in my hands more or not, I don't care. Um, it, it doesn't bother me. I I suppose you've got to look at the team that you're in in a year and uh, where we can win and where the people need to be to win is probably the most important part and 
Does that mean sitting on the bench? Does that mean playing a four? Does that mean playing the point guard? I don't care so long as oh, obviously the role, I can see the benefit of doing that and um, and I'm very much aware of my role. So look, I've I've played everything. I, I'm not afraid to play anything either. You know, I suppose what annoys me is I'm not an extra two feet taller than um, <laughs> than I am, and uh, but uh, I'm also smart as well. So yeah, it it doesn't bother bother me. I really don't have a preference. Yeah, and the the thing is too, Casey, is offensively, you know, you're outstanding, but to defensively, you can change games as well with your with your defense. You you know, you read the play really well, and you, Chris, you might know, but I think Casey would probably be really, really high up in the steals, maybe first or second, you know, which is a testament to your game. And we've had a couple of older ladies, or I shouldn't say older, but ladies that have gone before you in Tanya Fisher and Mel Marsh. And one question I asked them is, I oh, and Tully, yes, uh, we had Tully on, on board as well. And uh, I just asked them what they thought of the state of women's basketball in WA and the difference between when you sort of first started in the SBL to now. Uh, I actually think, like each year it changes so it depends on the quality of the import and I think that also then depends on you know if you have high quality imports then what happens is teams obviously rise um, and and play a higher quality game so I think that when teams get those like you know really good imports sometimes you don't you know sometimes the imports are just as good as the Australians and I I think then that's a you know a waste of an opportunity of an Australian of a WA person playing and getting better Mm -hmm. you know the import should be at another level than than what we are as a, you know WA players. Otherwise, it doesn't add any value. So look, I think it's improving, but then I think some years you know it, it does drop a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether you know. I can't really answer that. Like I can't really say it's been better, but I I can't say it's been worse either. I I do depend. I do think it depends on the uh, and um, and the quality of players playing in it. Yeah, well, the style of play was one thing that the, the girls mentioned with, you know, Tanya sort of mentioned the, the post players seem to have gone out of the game a little bit more and it's a more up-tempo and a lot more three-point shooting and the floors spread. Yeah, I suppose that in that regard, like in terms so I did, um, and uh, she's a, uh, she coached me and, and helped me uh, immensely in my development and really respect her. As a, I mean, she's a fantastic player and, and um, obviously coaching as well. And she's yeah absolutely right. Um, probably also the speed and when you, you release the ball for a shot, that's probably changed. You know we would always I remember when first starting is use the clock for 24 seconds, but mm. now it's you mm. know one pass, shoot a three, you know go down and play some defense. So yeah. you know the, the, yeah, I mean the style of game has definitely changed, but that, that's true. Touching on Tanya, does anything make you realise how long you have been playing for than the fact that? You played with her, and now you're playing against her daughters as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her daughters. Uh, yeah, they pretty much. One of my good friends, Lisa Clancy's there, um, and the sister and Arnie. I remember when they were first born, and I've seen them grow up as well. And they're just beautiful girls, and they've got the work ethic of Tan as well. So. Uh, yeah, it it is funny. I, I do give them a big hug when I see them, and I'm so proud. That, you know, it's nice to see kids of of mums that have been through the league, and, and obviously they they made such a positive difference to their own children's lives that they've followed in their footsteps. So it's beautiful to see, and um, 
yeah, it, I, I do enjoy it. I think it's really nice, but it does remind me how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, not touching on how old you are, but looking back to the fact that you started playing when you were 14 years of age. I mean, when you look back on that now, does it does it seem... Does it seem sort of remarkable to think that you're actually so young when you started playing, or do you, when you look back, do you feel like you were ready to play when you when you did start? Oh, God, I can't even remember. That was so far, so <laughs> long ago. But I'm sure if you asked one of the older girls, they would have said I was a baby because you know we've got 14 and 15 year olds playing uh, for Mandra yep. in uh, this West Coast Classic, and I just think I look at them on the court and they're so little compared to uh, you know grown women that they're playing against. I never never thought that I was too young to play uh, over, uh, I was probably uh, fearless and yeah, I, I, we got flogged, uh, I remember the first few years, but it definitely makes you appreciate winning and uh, knowing that uh, you know you can learn from a lot as well. I really can't remember that, yeah, definitely something I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, I don't think I would have been fast parallel without playing at that, that, that young level because in Guys, can you touch on your dad, Don, and um, the influence he's had on your um, career and maybe share a few stories of uh, him putting th- putting you through your paces? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when I was younger, I was a little bit of a rebel kid, I think, to him. He probably didn't know what to do with me, and but he found my weak point that I hated um, waking up and going and doing early morning training sessions. Like, I didn't mind <laughs> getting grounded or anything like that and but he knew that I hated going and doing these training sessions that my sister loved to go and do <laughs> and so I would have to like be dragged there in the mornings um not often like not every morning but uh yeah and, and I, he put me through an individual session but look he you know he um receives my calls when you know I've I had a bad game. He um, received my calls when I you know, when I didn't have anyone really to help me out, like on an individual basis. A few years ago now, Paddy O'Kane has been, you know, helping a, a few of us girls and anyone that really asks, um, you know, to an individual session. But yeah, Dad has always been there, and you know, he's my biggest fan. But um, but also, my, uh, you know, the, the person I go to for um, constructive feedback as well. When I've had a bad game, he'll say, "Oh God." case you've had a bad game I was like I know you know um, but he's honest and um, but I know that he you know he's saying that with good intentions and um, you know he's one of the reasons why I keep playing because he he'll support me um, he wants me to keep playing until I can't and uh, and he, you know he's always said that so uh, yeah love him love him and um, and I'm glad that you know he has he did get uh, uh, my sister and I into basketball at a young age. Yeah, absolutely, champion guy. You you talked about how in your some of your early years you were getting thrashed at down at the Magic, but for a lot of your career you've been genuine sort of contenders as well. And you know we don't need to go through the six grand finals, <laughs> but the fact that. <laughs> Uh, and and obviously two of them we we were with Randy and I've put him through the ringer with those enough on this show <laughs> already. But um, the fact you've been so close is winning that championship something that keeps driving you on, or, or does is it something you, you just don't try to think about right now, or how have you sort of come to peace with it? Uh, look, uh, I mean, 
I just think, you know, I've come to the realisation that life's a balance and not everything can be perfect and I think that, you know, it's life telling me that if I won a grand final I'd be um, pretty happy with myself and I'd be content and I don't think there's a, um, a you know, my life should be content. I, I feel like mm. it's telling me um, to push for more. Um, so, you know, I play basketball to win. I'm, um, you know, I am competitive on the court and, uh, you know, I know I believe that it's all about progression and my life is about progression and every, you know, every game makes me uh, learn a little bit more or be stronger or, you know, um, you know, losing grand final hurts and, um, but, you know, I, I come back stronger and, um, but I'm pretty proud of the success, you know, to make six grand finals. Mm. Uh, you know, we make finals every year consecutively and uh, I, I, I think that um, shows a true testament of the success of the Mandra um, SBL women's program because, you know, we're, a, um, although we're only an hour away, people think we're too far and we really have to rely on our juniors and um, a couple of imports. So, you know, whilst every other club gets to, you know, most players get to move around and will play to what suits them, uh, we've really got to rely on our juniors and that um, has created a, a sustainable program, uh, I think, um, over mm. the, the many years. So I'm pretty proud and I can't even remember how many grand finals we lost. I keep thinking, is it five, is it six, is it seven? Because, <laughs> I mean, yes, it, it, it's a part of my memory and um, and something that makes me learn uh, a little bit more each time. But... You know, and I know a lot of people say oh, grand finals um, bring people together, but so do losses of grand finals. And mm. I'll give the, um, you know, the, the, the girls that go through that whole season and get to the end and, and aren't, aren't, don't get that far. Uh, you know, there's also um, the, the camaraderie that we have about that as well. And, um, you know, special moments that I've shared with uh, many girls and I'll keep going because I want, you know, my, my main aim when you play SBL is to win a championship and, you know, that's no different next year as well. Case, if, um, if you had to pick one player who you've played with over the years to go to war with, <laughs> who, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think Brie Kostelny because she's just as crazy mm-hmm. as I am. And, um, <laughs> And we would dominate. But <laughs> what it was, um, yeah, she can push her body to the limit, uh, just like I do. Uh, you know, with all our injuries, and even if we were left with one leg, uh, we'd still give it a red hot go. So, well, there's yeah. no way anyone would want to take you two on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just very funny. Yeah, I, I actually thought you would you would pick Bray, which is. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually want to take her to war too. <laughs> um, just, just with your injuries, Casey, I just, it's just a quote that I've seen that made me laugh when I was looking through some stuff yesterday. So um, you've had many, and uh, this come from your surgeon who mentioned to you, if you had another injury, you would, it would spell the end of your career, only for you to say, I'll oh, just find another surgeon then. <laughs> That's right. Exactly what I said. Can... Um, can you just yeah. mention a, a couple that you have? I mean, I've seen you know some pretty serious ones when I was coaching you there with your with your foot, with your plantar fasciitis, and obviously you had a couple of broken hands as well. But uh, there's a lot more than that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah, I think I've had surgery one or two years um, throughout my teenage years, but yeah, I've had 
Casey, have you ever been approached by another club to make the move? You know, has any of the big city clubs ever asked you to come along and play? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've, I have. Uh, I suppose one thing, though, I think I approached them. It was um, at a time where, um, you know, I, I probably um, I was kind of told that potentially I was going to retire. Like, you know, um, mm. you know, don't. You know, well, not the coaches have never said that, but um, you know, the coaches were told they had to look at, you know, a plan and you know have to kind of like put me out to the pat in the paddock. Um, <laughs> did that? So, did that hurt? Uh, did that annoy you? Uh, not really. I was like, well, you know, if someone doesn't want me, that's fine. You know, that's life sometimes, isn't it? It's like mm. work, basketball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you. Um, don't suit the organisation, then it doesn't mean that you're out forever. It just means you've got to find something uh, somewhere that's more compatible to um, to what you believe in. So I did approach a couple of clubs, and um, they were like, "Oh my god, I'd never even like thought of going for you because I thought you were, you know, out of reach." And um, but obviously, you know, came to um, some agreement with the club, you know, at, at the time and. Um, and thought, no, I'm going to play for Mandra. You know, it is mm. easy to go. Um, and life throws a, a bit of a curveball. Uh, you know, I could have walked away, but I didn't. I, um, I really stuck to my, you know, I thought, no, I'm never going to quit something and walk away and not have anything resolved. So, um, it was just a quick inquiry and then, um, you know, kind of a self reflection check and thought, no, you know, I'm going to make sure that I, uh, resolve issues and address um, my concerns and we were able you know we were able to resolve it and um, continue on with Sandra so I um, yeah I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm really glad I did that mm. it's it's obvious how much basketball in Mandra means to you but what about the entire city of Mandra why is it such a special place to you and I know you're working at the city of Mandurah now, you you live there, you're a you're a great ambassador for the, the whole city and the region. Um what well, what makes it such a such a special place? Oh, it's the best place in the world, Chris. <laughs> when we were in COVID, I was like I couldn't have asked for a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, it uh we have so much water, you know, if you uh you know, it's a best place to be. I was just saying on Sunday it was a bit of sunshine and we spent a couple of hours at the beach and 
um, everything is in close proximity. It's still a you know um, a little town as such, although there's eight, more than eighty thousand people living here. But uh, it's just such a yeah a really great community and. I think, you know, to be a part of Mandra, you've got to kind of be a part of the community to really appreciate how amazing it is and how many volunteers um, make Mandra such a special place. But, yeah, we love it. Um, you know, the, our, our kids are, are born and bred and so am I. And I even made Ben move from Stardivus to Rockingham and now, <laughs> you know, he um, he loves it just as much as um, as me. It's just incredible. Um, it just, yeah... Uh, I'm a big water, you know, we're a big water family and we definitely enjoy the water uh, all, nearly every weekend. It's just remarkable that you've been able to have the basketball career that you've had while working full-time, but also obviously you and Ben have got your two sons as well. Um, and I believe you've had a bit of drama with, with young Will recently too. Is he, is he, is he holding up okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just life when life throws you careful, you just gotta um adapt and deal with it and you know, our house has changed into a wheelchair friendly house for the last two months, so we're finally mm. now um moving out of that. But, you know, at least you know, he's he's a fortunate one and um he's gonna recover and he's gonna be okay. But um uh, yeah, it's it, it's definitely challenging. You know, there's days where I can't even think about Sometimes going to training, because uh, you know I'm exhausted, but you just go and um, and you know deal with it. On Friday, I hate playing Friday night games because I feel like my eyes are—I you know, don't even know how they're still <laughs> awake. But mm. um, yeah, it's just something you deal with, and um, but I wouldn't—I wouldn't have it any other way. And, yeah. That's where those cof- coffees get through, Casey. What um, do you have? A, is it a, a double double coffee? On the way up before the game on a Friday night? Absolutely, Randy. I only found that out about three years ago. I don't drink coffee either <laughs> um, because I can't sleep at night. Uh, but on a Friday night, I will have a coffee. Uh, you know, it's, it's not good when you have a double header though because I normally can't go to bed till like 3 a.m. <laughs> in the morning. Um, and it's not like I get to sleep in um, either because it's kids, you know, kids spot on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, but it is. I, I found coffee that has helped a little bit, that's for sure. Yeah, I remember there once, because I don't drink uh, Red Bull or any of those energy drinks, and um, I was feeling tired going down to Bunbury one night, and uh, one of the girls said to me, Just have a Red Bull, you'll feel fine when you got down there, you know. And it's the first time I've ever got a tech foul in a game. I've just got a couple of other questions for you before we, we finish up. And um, one of them is, what, what, what's the most important, what, what's important to you at the moment, both, you know, away from basketball and um, at basketball? Yeah, I mean, obviously the most important thing to me is um, my family is my family and, my, and their health and mm. well-being. Um, always very important. Um, and then basketball-wise, um, yeah, for the in terms of the team, it's um, you know they haven't had a, a good season, but you know they've been rocked with injuries and people coming and going, and it's you know been difficult. So it's just trying, to, you know, me trying to still be there at training to offer some stability and reassurance that it's okay, and mm. you know, making sure that they get the best out of um, what the season has presented for themselves. Um, me personally, it's just 
trying to get back in um, the shape that I need to be to um, you know be at at a level where I can contribute. Uh, so you know that's also um, important to me, and I'll, I've just started that journey back. I couldn't go without asking you about playing under Randy as your coach as well. Um, we don't have to compare him to other coaches, but for five years you had a lot of success. You got to finals every year. You got to two grand finals together. Um, Randy's talked a lot about what it was like coaching you. What was it like being coached by by Randy? Oh, Chris, I'm going to have to send you this video that we made. <laughs> okay. uh, I think it might have been the, the last year uh, that Randy coached. You know, we kind of did a, a tribute to a, to Randy, um, but he has been fantastic. Like I keep saying um, about Randy that you know he chose to coach women, and he could have coached any men's team. And you know, generally that's the pinnacle of hmm. um, often. You know, people don't even think about coaching women, but we were so fortunate to get such a, a high quality coach choosing to uh, to coach us, and you know, he has taught us so much. He very calm and most of the time. I don't think I've <laughs> it might have been a couple of times I heard him yell in a change room or uh, but not not often. Uh you know, he would talk to us uh, with complete respect, with calm and patience and, you know, I think for a group of us that, you know, intelligent and um, strong women that want to strive to be the best we can, it's the best approach to take and uh he would, you know, pull us all aside and give us feedback and you know, he would be open to changing something if it didn't work, and you know, he would push us to the limits. You know, training for tough, and 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 so with you know some of our battles um, on the court. You know, when you've got 15 strong women, but uh, yeah, he um, he's a phenomenal coach and very very lucky. And any, mm. any girl that went through that program at that time, yeah, uh, has definitely improved because of him. Do you think you know anything about him that he wouldn't want us to know? Is there anything you can share? <laughs> Uh, oh, I couldn't. I couldn't say on air. Sorry. <laughs> Thank, thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, probably, a, there's definitely a couple when you when you ask that that brings to mind. But I wouldn't do that to Andy. That's a secret that can stay with uh, with his close friends. I think and, um, and the players. No. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks for those kind <laughs> words, Casey. I enjoyed every minute coaching yourself as well. Which you know, which I've mentioned to you and told you as well. So um, thank you for that. <laughs> Could you imagine ever talking to him on a podcast like you are right now? Oh uh, no, I couldn't. I can imagine Randy doing this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, but probably not picking me. I mean, I would. Um, I didn't think that obviously we would be able to talk and um, share stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he. Um, yeah, as I said, when he chose to coach women, uh, it was for the betterment of um, of a women's program and. You know, what you, uh, Chris, what you and Randy are doing is for the betterment of, you know, the SPL uh, women's women's program and um, getting giving exposure to the to the women's league. So I could, you know, it's something that I'm, I wasn't surprised when he did it. I uh, thought it's fantastic what you guys are doing, and mm. yeah, I congratulate you for for exposing uh, the the league. So thank you. No, th- thanks for that, and that's exactly why we want to do it. We want to be able to promote the league and the people in it. We want to be able to give someone like you a, a chance to share your story. That's exactly why we sort of wanted to start a, a show like this. And and yeah, it's been a, been a pleasure to be able to have the the kind of people that we've had on, and, and including including yourself. When you look ahead to 
whenever it might be that you finish your career. It might be this time next year. It might be in five years' time. Um, who knows? But what would you like to still achieve? Do you set yourself some goals of things that you would like to tick off between now and whenever you do finish up playing? I mean, the only goal that I probably have now, obviously, you know, basketball is such a, a great sport because you, um, you always can be better. As much as my body is probably going backwards, um, I'm hoping that, you know, I can push myself to still be better and in whatever role I play. So uh, that's, it's not something I don't uh, say how many points I want because my role might not be that. It's working out what my role is and then defining what my goals are, but also making a positive difference to the girls that are in the program. You know, it's not easy being in our program. Uh, we demand that, uh, you know, people give everything and, you know, I'll, I'll keep pushing that. So it's getting more out of myself, but also getting more out of the players as well in, in, our, in our program. Last one from me. We, we have a couple of shows left here before we wrap things up for this year and we're planning on speaking to Alex Wagmeyer and Sammy Wickham on our last couple of shows. Obviously, you played against both of those girls a lot. Would you be willing to say which one's either the best player or the toughest to, to try and stop? Look, um, I don't think you can go past me. Uh, you know, her career, she's playing at the WNBA, and, mm. uh, but it shows how talented she is. But yeah, you know, I enjoy playing against Sammy, I enjoy watching her, and um, fantastic that she's had um, the opportunity to go to the WNBA and show everyone what, um, how talented she is. So I, I don't need to go past Sammy. <laughs> she's a phenomenal player and, and that's no disrespect to Ellie too who's, who's a fine, fine player herself but when we speak of all-time greats of the SBL, you're right at the top of the list Casey and you don't have to put yourself there I think it's it's everyone else like like myself and Randy that will do that for you because you've had a phenomenal career it's great to hear that you haven't finished yet but it's just great to hear everything you're doing beyond basketball as well you've done so much for the city of Mandra you've done so much for your family you've done so much for so many people and so many different things. It's it's just remarkable to be able to speak to a role model like you, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you. And I know I know Randy clearly has so many fond memories of having having coached you as well. So it's been a pleasure to have you on SBL Shoot Around, and thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, thanks. Chris. Thanks, thanks, Randy. Thanks, Casey. Thanks for your time. Okay, back on SBL Shoot Around, and well, like I said, Randy, we've been waiting sixteen weeks on SBL Shooter around here to speak to Casey Milo and that was well and truly worth the wait. Yeah, great to have her on board, wasn't it? And Absolutely. just such a great speaker and, uh, you know, there's so many words that sum up Casey, you know, just a few that spring to my mind are um, just how fair she is, you know. She just she plays the game fair and she plays it for all the right reasons. Yep. Um, there's never, ever any excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, if she gets beaten, she gets beaten fairly. She doesn't come up with any excuses and, you know, never disrespects the game. She just plays the game for all the right reasons and, and is the hardest worker too, you know. Yeah. Um, she mentioned just before there, you know, uh, the work she does off the court and I know what mm-hmm. she does off the court and, you know, every training on a Tuesday and Thursday night she actually has to get kicked out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. She has a routine that she does yeah. after practice. It was actually amazing. She talked about how her dad had to drag her out of the bed to go to training sessions early on because mm. she's now famous for the sessions that she does on her own yeah. her whole career um early in the morning before the sun comes up yep yep yeah she would uh, just keep going and going and uh, she wouldn't leave the stadium until she would got that routine down packed yeah phenomenal person 
Is she, without disrespecting anybody else, and I don't think anyone else would be disrespected by it, is she clearly the favourite person that you ever coached? Oh, in my eyes, she is, yeah, just for what she's done, mm-hmm. you know, and just the fact that there's no thrills about her, you know, it's not anything about Casey, yep. you know, it's just about the love of the game yeah. and uh, it's just there for everyone to see. Yeah. So, you know, just those few words that I mentioned sums it up. It does, absolutely. And, yeah, it was fantastic to have her on the show and I, I trust everybody enjoyed our chat with Casey Myers. Now we need to move ahead to round nine in the West Coast Classic round again. And we've got a brand new sponsor now for the rest of this competition for our preview segment. It is Her Hoops AU. Now we've had a little bit of a change in plans here, Randy. We were going to speak to to the founder of Her Hoops AU, Michaela Dyer, on this week's show, but we're just running short on time. And we thought rather than have a quick, a quick rush discussion with her, we would spend some more time with her. So... In one of our final two shows for 2020, we'll be we'll have the pleasure of being joined in studio for the whole episode as one of our co-hosts by by Michaela. So we look forward to that, and we can have a, a lot more in-depth chat with her then about what she's doing at her hoops and also her basketball career. But delighted to have her hoops AU on board to sponsor our preview segment now here on SBL Shoot Around. And if you want to know a bit more about it. It's a girls' basketball skill development program that's coached and developed entirely by by women like Michaela Dyer. And if you've ever seen her play, then I think you'd be pretty pretty pleased to be coached by her given given her skill set. So Michaela started up her hoops because she wanted to provide a platform where all girls, no matter their background, race, age, sexuality, confidence level, and even their skill ability, um, so they could be a part of something bigger than themselves and and just be, be part of something that they can have some fun and to make them feel a bit better about themselves. So her hope through her hoops was to create a safe space for the girls to work hard and have the opportunity to learn and succeed while also providing them with some female mentors to look up to and who have had some of the same experiences that they have growing up. But more than anything, what Michaela was hoping to accomplish was to create not just successful athletes out of the program, but people in general. So the target is primary and high school girls aged somewhere between 8 and 17 and they focus on on girls around the the wobble in the wobble age groups but they've also recently added a beginners program over the October school holidays which you which you can be involved with so check that out on on social media just type in her hoops au and check them out on Facebook and on Instagram and also on their website herhoops.com.au and there's some upcoming Term 4 programs for everyone from under 12 age groups through to the D-League in the women. So, her hoops are you. Thanks to Michaela Dyer and her team there for coming on board to be a partner with us here at SBL Shoot Around. Thank you to now the support of Her Hoops AU for sponsoring our preview segment for this week on SBL Shoot Around, Randy. And we've got, we've got some massive games to look ahead to with finals implications. Friday night, not so much. So this is a free hit for, for both of these teams at Wilton Basketball Stadium. The Wilton Tigers are taking on the Coburn Cougars. Yeah, this is a really tough one. I've picked Tigers, I reckon, all year mm-hmm. on a Friday night. and they've, Yeah, they just haven't got it done for me. So I'm going to go for Coburn. I think their tail will be up after, you know, giving Mandra, yep. uh, uh, you know, a, a pretty tough. They beat them convincingly, you know, and uh, I think uh, they'll be... They'll be looking forward to both games this weekend. So, but I'm going to go for the go for Coburn. Tricky game. Both on three and six records. Both have 
probably shown potential to be better than that at times and then both have you know had some disappointing performances tough game to pick like you said now there's six there's a gap of six between us in the in our tips so far this season let's continue that through the finals to give you a chance to try to catch up and to give you a further chance to try to catch up i'll go for the tigers on friday night thanks <laughs> you're welcome um okay saturday night now this is a big game we're at Wally Hagen Stadium. The Cougars are backing up from the night before and they're playing the Perry Lakes Hawks. And as we talked about before, quite simply, if the Hawks win this game, then the top four is set and they're part of the finals. If they lose, it opens up things for three other clubs. So plenty plenty riding on this result. Yeah, there is. Um, I can see Coburn trying to run the Hawks off their feet. You know, this will be a Helga Skelter game as far as Coburn go. Hawks will want to slow it down a little bit, I suppose, and utilise their height, which they definitely will have an advantage in this game. So, uh, But the Hawks have just got too much to play for, so they'll, they'll win this game. I agree with everything you said. So I think Perry Lakes, too much quality, but also too much at stake. So depending on what happens there, this game will either be... Playing for everything or playing for nothing at Lakeside Recreation Centre. Lakeside Lightning taking on the Perth Rebacks. Yeah, this is a great game. This is a match-up really well, these two teams. I'll go with the Lightning just because they're at home. You know, Lake Simon's got a big job of trying to contain Paddy Allen, and then we might see the match-up with Eisenberger and Jenkins, which could determine the player of the year. So, Lightning at home in a close game. It's just touch the corner for me, so... To keep things interesting, I'll go with the Redbacks. Now, this is another huge game. This one will determine which of these two teams earns a home final and finishes in the top two, so plenty at stake here. Warwick Stadium, the Warwick Senators, playing the Rockingham Flames. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tip against my old mate, Dan D'Agostino. <laughs> but they're in form. You know, the match-up here of Stacey Barr and Taya Burrows would be, be a really, really worth going to watch. So it's just the Senators just because they're at home and they're on a roll. I mean, if, if they, are they five or six or seven in a row? They want seven straight. Seven straight, yeah. Um, so they're in form, so the Senators for me. It's tough, but... Again, I want to keep things interesting, so I'll go for the Flames. So I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot with all of these <laughs> selections, Randy. Junilup Wolves, another team on fire, and I would suggest that they have locked away a top two spot already, but still, they won't have it all their own way at home to the Wellington Tigers. I think the Wolves are starting to hit their straps and they're timing their, their run beautifully. So, yeah, they'll they'll beat Willerton at home. Yeah, I think they will. As oh, what? Well. Aren't you going to go for the Tigers? I can't see everyone different, Randy. Um, I do have to make sure I... Hold my integrity <laughs> for whatever there is of it. Um, last up, Amanda of Magic at home to the Calamunda Eastern Suns. And again, depending on the other results, if the Hawks have lost, the Suns could still be playing for a final spot here. Yeah, the Magic aren't playing well, but I'm going to tip them. Wow. It's the last game of the year, and I think they'll be out to prove something and get something out of the season. And, you know, to knock off, you know, a talented team like Calamunda will be a feather in their cap. Obviously, Calamunda are huge favourites, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to tip an upset and obviously try and peg this lead back as well. Is Casey Molly going to play? Well, she said that she probably would. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> if she turns up, then, well, there we go. No, I'm not too sure, but get um, let, let's just say that. And, <laughs> so we'll, it'll get the people through the door. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, Colin under for me, whether or not they're playing for the final spot or not. Jesse Edwards to put in another big performance, I think. I don't think Mandra has an obvious answer for her. Either way, we couldn't ask for a better round 
to finish off things here in the West Coast Classic Randy. And, you know, looking ahead to the, the semi-final night on the, the next Friday and the grand final on, on the next Saturday night, we've got eight games of basketball to to look ahead once we get underway on Friday night that is going to be really exciting. And we're just blessed that we're living in a state right now where we've been able to play, play basketball because some of the other states haven't been this lucky. We see the NBL now forced to push their season back until January because of what we're seeing with COVID-19. But... To not only get basketball, to be getting such exciting and and tight and tense and and basketball with so much riding on it, I think we're we're pretty lucky. Yep, uh, it's going to be a great weekend, and yep, uh, just looking forward to seeing who who comes through. You know, mm. because at the end of the day, uh, it's uh, the best team will win, and uh, you know, there's four or five teams that can win this whole thing. You only got to get on on a roll, and and you'll take it out. Yeah, absolutely, all you have to do is win two games in twenty four yep. hours, and you're you're a champion. So. This has been a really enjoyable episode of SBL Shootaround. Thanks to our, our our sponsors. Thanks to Her Hoops AU for coming on board as our newest our newest partner and for sponsoring our preview segment there for the West Coast Classic. Of course, thank you to Wandering Distillery for sponsoring our Player of the Week award and well done to Kayla Steindl from the Joondalup Wolves for being the winner in Round 8. And of course, Bassett Scarf Realty sponsoring our Player of the Year award, which is an absolute... Wonderful prize now. Thanks thanks to Mandra, and you'll have a great time down there for for, for a weekend. Been a big show. Casey Milo, thanks very much for joining us. So I'm Chris Pike, and we hope to have something special to sign off with thanks to thanks to Casey that might give you some more info about, about you, Randy. So we'll hopefully bring that to you either to close this show out or to put up on social media. So keep your eye out for it. But for now, I'll sign off and and leave you with the last words. Yeah, I've got to have a look at that uh, video and that USB that Casey's talking about before it goes anywhere on, on this show because I, I can't actually really remember it. But, uh, is, it, is it G-rated? <laughs> it must be quite funny. But, um, yeah, I've got um, – I'm just uh, really just happy to talk to Casey and I, you know, in a different forum, I suppose, instead of being a coach. And, you know, I'm friends with her off the court and as well. But uh, that was really, really good and great to have uh, Michaela and her hoops on board to, to help us out. Um, that's really really good got no humour tonight I've sort of thought we might just have the week off I know you know the listeners are probably anticipating something funny but uh, uh, we'll give it a break and um, we'll, we'll wait till maybe next week and we'll come up with another story